Let's do it. Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I am Eric. Yeah, and I'm Jason. Hope you guys are doing great out there. Yeah. Hey, if you guys haven't, check out our social media now. We have uh, we are on Twitter at uh, PTI underscore podcast and... And on Facebook at Pardon the Intermission. Yeah, so we're going to be doing a lot of fun yeah. stuff there. So yeah, check us out there. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, we got another amazing show for everyone out Fantastic there Fantastic show. Yes. Wonderful uh, show. And uh, unfortunately, we can't say the same for our first topic today, uh, which is, uh, guess what? Uh, what is this? The Oscars. The Oscars. Oh, man. You had to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, did you... Uh, I know I asked you before, but I'll yes. ask you again for yes. the sake of the show. Did Please. you watch the Oscars? Uh, let me think. No. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? Neither did I. I had no key, I had no fleeting interest in the Academy Awards whatsoever, and Eric, boy, am I sure glad I did not watch it because from what I understand, hmm. I didn't miss much. Yeah. And it really, so with me, especially with the Oscars, award shows to me have just become too inundated with uh, the show focusing on two and a half of the three hours of the broadcast on who wears what, who schmoozes best with who else. Mm. And then, of course, when uh, particular nominees get awarded their awards, they get up on stage and they pontificate about their social beliefs and they wax poetic about certain political issues, which that's fine. They're American citizens. They are inclined to have their opinion just like you and I. But you know what? At a major award show in front of millions of televised audiences, audiences around the world really you're going to use the platform at that i understand why they do it but it's like come on man save those comments for backstage when you're being interviewed by et entertainment tonight and vanity fair and everybody else yeah yeah i well i I think that's what it is i think people i mean uh actually i I brought it up because there was this article in breitbart um and i i think a lot of people feel the same way we do because the uh the article is titled uh Oscar is officially dead. Third lowest ratings in history. Okay, now that's very interesting because I read a different article. I think it was in the Hollywood Reporter. The best ratings ever. No. Where they, they actually said the ratings were up on the Oscars for uh, the first time in five years. So it's like, okay. Now, I'm not refuting what you or that story is saying. Yeah. I'm like, okay, lowest ratings. One other uh, platform says, no, great high ratings. <laughs> hello i'm not a math genius here eric but one plus one is not adding up to two here yeah yeah so what's I, going on well i don't know now it says you know since you brought that up i i'd yeah. have to look up and see the stats on that but it just yeah. says uh they had a pathetic uh, 18.7 million viewers sounds about right so that says it's official it's yeah. a doornail dead <laughs> 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 which is fine well listen and, and here's the deal now i will tell you i didn't watch the oscars but mm-hmm. i heard yeah. That uh, that uh, every every which way, but this way and that way, every day and every night, one. What's the name of the, uh, the official uh, name of that movie? Everywhere, uh, all every, at once, every place, all at once. Last week from a month ago, which took place <laughs> yesterday, or something. One of those really. No, long no I, I don't begrudge any. <laughs> I don't begrudge no. them anything. I mean, good for them. They won, but I, yeah. I think what it is is that you know it, it becomes this virtue signaling platform where people yeah. are voting not because the actual movie was was mm-hmm. good or bad. I heard this movie was pretty good. I still haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, I haven't either. Um, but but 
I, you know, I, I think it just, it, it does become this, it's like, oh no, we have to vote for these people this time. We have yeah. to vote for, you know, th- this thing this time. Right. And it's not the fact that usually what happens in the past with the uh, Oscars, mm-hmm. with a lot of award shows, as a matter of fact, what they yeah. would do is that they would kind of uh, parse it out. You know, they would say, okay, this one gets, you know, best picture. Yeah. And then they would take the one that was in the running for best picture and say, those guys got best actor yeah. or best actress, which I think they're getting rid of that category too now, which Eventually. is another reason not to watch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but, you know, so I, I think that w- what happens is that that people are just done with, with this, you know, let's just virtue signal and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, have one sweep at all. I mean, I guess it's nice, but... It's it's nice. Well, what do you think about that? What do you think about one one awards? I mean, sorry, one movie sweeping all the awards. What do you think about? It? Do you think it's uh, it's like come on? Is that really? Is that really? Um, is a movie that great? <coughs> See, we're, I'm gonna have to watch this movie now. Is a movie right. that great to sweep all? <clears throat> I will say, I'm I'm kind of excited for um, uh, short round. What's the actor's name? That one, Ki Hai Kwan. Ki Hai Kwan. I'm yes. I'm excited for. I heard it was yes. funny. I did hear too. Also, that uh, Harrison Ford ended up giving him the award. Mm-hmm. Which was nice. I guess he was the one presenting it, so they must have knew, known that he was doing. Right. But the same right. uh, poor. I don't think Her- poor Harrison Ford hasn't won one himself. <laughs> you know, and when you think about the outstanding career that Harrison Ford has had, he's been yeah. nominated for Oscars, but he's never won. It's like, how is that possible? Yeah, yeah. He's had a lot of good roles. You know, a lot of people just think yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones and Han Solo, but Han I mean, Solo. Uh, well, he was in that movie. What was it called? Henry. He, where uh, he played the guy who, regarding Henry. Regarding Henry, yeah, yeah that was a very good. He uh, was nominated for an drama. Acad- yeah, he was nominated for an Oscar in uh, the crime drama Witness, mm. which co- oh yeah, that's right, <coughs> co-starred yeah. Kelly McGillis, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise's girlfriend in Top Gun, and it also had uh, Danny Glover in that movie. And then he also earned an Oscar nomination for his role as Doctor Richard Kimball in The Fugitive. Uh, oh, did he win? For, I mean, did he have a, a nomination for that? I, oh, you know what? I. No, I'm sorry. I take that okay. back. It was Tommy Lee Jones who was nominated for Best um, Supporting Actor. Oh, gotcha. Tommy Lee okay. Jones won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor <laughs> that year. And Harrison hasn't won anything. <laughs> right. So, yeah, when you think about the the breadth of uh, Ford's career and you look at all the great roles he's had outside the pop culture ones, you're like, how has this guy not won an Oscar? Well, I'll tell you what. With, with the... Uh, uh, the new Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny coming out, I'm sure he's going to win one for that. Uh, remains to be seen. Remains <laughs> to be seen. Now, and I will say this: in regards to the Oscars, I was very happy for Ki Hai Kwan because yes. he obviously played uh, some of our favorite characters in some of our favorite movies. He played Data in the Goonies. Oh yes, classic, classic. And then, like you said, he was short round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, those are two of my favorite movies. And then he really fell off the map. Now he had mm-hmm. done some things after those films. Did some commercials here and there, but he really was ostracized from Hollywood for a long time, and kind of he just he kind of went you, the route. You say ostracized? <laughs> was there something that happened that, that he wasn't involved with it, or did or did he just kind of just say, "Well, I'm I'm kind of done with that," maybe, or they didn't come calling type? Well, of thing? I think what it was it was it was more of a self exile on his mm. part because he's he's given interviews where he said that he wanted to go back to college and he wanted to get his degree. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, and so he did that. He basically did what um what Natalie Portman did. Natalie mm. Portman. 
Portman left Hollywood for a little bit to pursue her uh, education at Yale University. Become a ballet dancer? Uh, one that oh, grows no, wings out of the back. That was a movie. Yeah, yeah, that was Black Swan, my friend. <laughs> um, but Kihai Kwan was out of the industry for a long time because mm. he wanted to pursue other options. And he got roped back into the industry in part by doing this film. And so, yeah, I just, he's had a very, um, an unfortuitous journey to success in Hollywood. And by unfortuitous, I mean that it hasn't been traditional and it hasn't been fast or right away. It looked like he started out for stardom by appearing in the Goonies and Temple of Doom. And then again, he just fell off the map and now has come back and it looks like his star might be rising yet again. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, and it's, so, that's good for him. That's good for him. And now, uh, yeah, and yeah. also, uh, uh, didn't uh, Michelle? What's her name? Michelle uh, Yao. Michelle Yo. Yeah. Yo. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> she won right. for. Uh, I think she won for best actress. She won too. for best actress. Yeah. Yeah, and that's real. I mean, you know, that listen, that that's great that you can come in and and, and yeah. do the sweep like that. I, I am yeah. interested now to watch this movie, mm-hmm. um, just just to see see the quality of it. Right. Right. Um, Unfortunately, my movie uh, Top Gun Maverick didn't. Well, it won one award. I heard best sound editing. Best was it? sound yes. editing. You know, you're gonna tell me. I, I think the thing was up for for also editing. Now, yes. I'm gonna tell you something. I've I've uh, where's that where's that button at? <laughs> yeah, best sound editing <laughs> goes to Top Gun Maverick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, here's the deal. Now, uh, yes. Just okay. They didn't want to put it for best picture. That the movie was as far as the field this year. I don't know. I've only seen all the movies, but yeah. it was I my. You can go back and listen to our, our other podcast where I, I put in my arguments on yes. that. But yes, um, even just on the editing uh, alone, I think it still it should have won best film editing because <coughs> oh um, yeah yeah hands down. I remember watching when I was watching that film. I've only well I've seen it twice now, uh, but one in the theater and one at home. But when yeah. I was watching it. <laughs> I remember even in a theater, just the cuts. The cuts were so clean. That thing was expertly edited. Now, I've done some mm-hmm. video, you know, I mean, I'm talking just very novice video editing myself, you know, and, and, right. and it's, it's, right. a very, it's a very hard skill to get a hold of sometimes, you know, to mm-hmm. do it right. That movie was <clears throat> so tight. I mean, there wasn't a mm-hmm. wasted, I think I even talked about in the previous podcast, there was not a wasted second in that film. Right, the cuts right. were clean. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I mean, everything made sense. Yep. It was beautifully <clears throat> edited. It should have won at least that. And at least. most importantly, none of the aerial sequences or the cinematography were digitally enhanced. True, that true. Were, the, the actors were in real-life aircraft with real-life pilots, and the cameras were actually set in the cockpits of the aircraft. So everything you see there from a cinematography standpoint and an aerial standpoint is all real. No digitally enhanced actors or uh, airplanes or anything. Mm. <clears throat> that, yeah. that was very impressive, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it was it was kind of kind of sad that they yeah. they didn't they didn't uh, uh, they didn't make it. But yeah, so I, I think it is true. I think I think the Oscars are just, you know, here's the deal. I mean, the Oscars, <coughs> I think back in the day, I think the Oscars were uh, probably made to sell more in all honesty, probably made to sell more advertising back in the day. But I, I think yeah. what they yeah. wanted to generate some buzz for Hollywood back mm-hmm. in the day. Right. And get people yeah. interested. And this was before, you know, uh, a time when, um, you know, we have. Of course, media now, that's just outrageous. <coughs> yeah. I mean, you can watch every step of a celebrity's life. But back then, you didn't really yeah. know. You'd go to the movies, you'd see them, 
maybe catch them in a couple of magazines. You didn't really get a lot sure. of that. So I think it was another way to expose them to the public. Yeah. I, I think at this point, though, we're just so overexposed with celebrity culture right. um, that, that I think people are just kind of burned out on it. They don't. Yeah. And then in regards to getting back to the Oscars, uh, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, who is uh, that body of... It's comprised of directors, producers, actors, studio execs, etc. They're the ones who actually cast the nominations and then vote for the winners. Yeah. They also, Eric, have been under a lot of intense scrutiny over the last couple of years to be more inclusive. Oh yeah. Of yeah. more <clears throat> of a more well, diverse range of films and not just action film, not just great dramatic films, but dramatic films that um that are focus more on some of the burgeoning issues that affect our society like uh like racism and stereotypes and transgender and uh gender identity yeah but but you see and and, and you know that's the problem though when, when you're under the when you're under the microscope or you feel the pressure to do it just because that that's, that goes back to yeah. what we were talking about originally that's why people get burned out on this stuff yeah. you know it's one thing to make a movie that is just so amazing that it draws right. people into that and say wow that was that was unbelievable but just because yeah. it was there and because it had a little bit of this or that in it, then you're yeah. just gonna you know that's the problem yeah. with it. Um, wasn't it Patty Jenkins that said basically, "I'm done. I'm forget it. Forget it. No women were were." Yeah, uh, she uh, did. Yeah, nominated for best director. So yep. you know, and the only see that, that, but that's like you know, what what is she doing there? I mean, <laughs> you know, okay, we'll make a movie mm-hmm. that's good enough to put you in there. Exactly. You know, I mean, I don't know everything. You can't blame everything on on it being a club and you're not in it. Oh sure, you can. Well, you can, but I mean, you, you know, but I mean, ultimately, sure. you know, if if you're if you're putting out there, listen, Wonder Woman 1984 is a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. If you're not putting good stuff out there, sorry. What, what do you want? Just hand you a trophy because you participated? Right. No shoes, no shirt, no dice. To quote uh, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, <laughs> um, you got to say it in the Spicoli. No shoes, no shirt, no dice. No dice. No way. <laughs> but also, you know, the who only, ordered the pizza? Who ordered the pizza? <laughs> Live it, learn it, love it. So, um, so yeah. Another thing too. The only drama that really came from the Oscars this year not didn't come in the form of a face slap heard around the world, but. Apparently, when Jamie Lee Curtis accepted her Oscar for Best Actress mm. in the movie Everywhere, Every Place, All at Once from a week ago from last month or whatever it's titled, Angela Bassett apparently took some serious offense to her winning that award. Either It was something that either Curtis said in her acceptance speech or whatever happened, but the cameras panned in apparently, and I saw this on YouTube when I went back to YouTube, that sequence, and apparently... Um, it, uh, the camera panned in on her and she just has a mean scowl on her face when Mm. Jamie Lee Curtis accepted that Oscar. And obviously social media went nuts. They blew it way out of proportion. They were saying, well, Angela Bassett's a sore loser and that this was racially motivated. I'm like, here, oh great, here we go. This is exactly why I don't watch the Oscars. Yeah. Because of garbage like that. Well, they they tried to do it. Listen, I mean, that's always a trick anyway, is that they they probably have who knows how many cameras Mm -hmm. and and it may not even have been anything that that Jamie Lee Curtis said. It might have been somebody, somebody could have, 
uh, let some gas go that was sitting next to her, and she had a. Oh. She was like, "Ooh!" And then you know they get her face, and it looks like she's <laughs> reacting to. You know, it's all. Right, st- right. I mean, you know, that's what I mean. They just they look for the looks, and it could not maybe yep. even have anything to do with what she was saying. Yep. And they but do. then they tie it in. Now there's this yeah. big drama. You know. Yeah. But you know, you asked me earlier, <laughs> just a few minutes ago, if I feel yeah. like uh, like too many films are getting nominated in too many categories when they don't necessarily have to. And my answer to that is yes. Okay. I think, uh, be, again, because the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences is comprised of the producers, the directors, the execs, and certain actors mm. and whatnot, <clears throat> I do think there is a lot of brown nosing that goes into the voting process. And look, let's also not forget, let, these awards follow the hype train. I mean, Titanic, oh, sure, sure. Titanic got nom- popularity more than anything. Remember when Titanic got nominated for 14 Oscars and it won 12 of the 14 Oscars? Yeah, yeah. well, that's true. Yeah, it was another yeah. almost sweep. Yeah. That one was an almost sweep. So I do think that the industry, the Academy, does a wonderful job of just smooching butt to a certain film, either because they're trying to impress somebody or they're trying to make a statement with one movie. But yeah, I do think too many films or one particular film gets nominated for too many categories and just me and Jason's own little naive world. I would like to see where one film can only get nominated for a maximum of three awards. Oh, that'd be interesting. That's an interesting (coughs) And and really, if people are going to start griping and moaning about how many times a movie can be nominated. Yeah. I say institute a rule. One movie can only be nominated for a maximum of three awards, and you have to choose which three awards you want it to be nominated for. And if you choose it, like, for example, with Everything Everywhere All at Once, if you want it to be nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actor, fine. That's it. Those are your three nominations. That's it. Let another film have a stab at that the, is, the other categories. That, you know what? That's genius. That's, that's what plan, I think. That's how I think it should I be. I think that plan you have is genius. That's I, how I think I'd it should even be. think about it. Yeah, they should do that. Yeah. They, they should do that. And I would also like to see more films get nominated because every year I see the same four or five movies get nominated in every single category. Mm, now, yeah, yeah. that's not to say every movie made deserves to be nominated for an Oscar, but you got to tell me that there's more than just three animated films that deserve to be nominated for a best animated feature. Yeah. I mean, come on here. And you got to tell me that there's more than just uh, four drama movies that need to be nominated for best, it, di- you know, sweeten the pot, diverse yeah. the pot a little bit. Like, Throw movies, throw movie names on a bunch of little scraps of paper, toss them in a little lot, lotto ball mixer, and then have Steven Spielberg reach his hand in there and start grabbing out little pieces of paper and then do with, the nomination with a Jaws puppet. If with Steven, a Jaws puppet, yes. Steven Spielberg has to have a Jaws puppet on his hand when he goes in there to grab the ball. Oh, dude, that, that would, would be, be so epic. <laughs> that would be epic. But anyway, that's my Oscars rant. That's, I'm done. That's ge- that's genius. So that's a great idea. You know, and yeah. I'm I'm surprised nobody else has ever come out with it. I've never heard anybody mention that. That is hopefully it'll take off from here. I doubt it. Maybe they'll call that the Jason rule at the Academy. I just think Hollywood, (laughs) uh, you know what, Eric, right, they should. I just think that so many industry professionals are always bickering about well, why aren't we nominated? Why isn't this person nominated? Why and you know what? The same thing goes for the other popular category, like for actors as well. Now, a lot of actors aren't nominated for more than one film anyway. But um, you know what? If you're if you really want to be all inclusive of everybody. Find other actors to nominate. There are so many great performances out there yeah. that other other actors deserve. So I don't know. I'm sure Hollywood can find a way to sweeten the pot, to diverse the and strip down the nomination process to make it more fair and equitable. But um, is it ever going to happen? No. 
not in our lifetime. Because uh, again, it's just an overrated popularity contest. Well, they're going to have is. to do something because they're losing they're losing viewers, and that means that they're going to lose yeah. advertisement money, and that yeah. means that they're not going to do it anymore. Which, which one was it? The uh, not not Screen Actors Guild. Which, which award ceremony are they decided not to do anymore? I can't remember which one it was. I want to say it was the gold. It's not the Golden Globes. Is it the or the People's Choice Awards? People's or something? Choice Awards. Is the People's Choice Awards? They're just choice. basically like, oh, we'll just read them. <laughs> We're not even going to do an award show anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, well, it's it's done, you know because they're they're just losing. They're just losing the audience. Yeah. Now I think they should keep the Razzies. The Razzies the need Razzie. to stay. <laughs> <laughs> Razzies need to stay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, um, let, let's move on here. You had a, a story, unfortunately, a, a sad one uh, today. It, it just actually broke out. Uh, yes, I did. And let me unlock my phone here again. And I should reinstitute bio um, face guard pass lock on my <laughs> phone here. Face guard. Whatever it is. I, I forgot what I was going to say. So, yeah. So, I came across a story today. One of my favorite character actors has passed away today. Some of you may know him. His name is Lance Reddick. Mm. And for those of you who don't know the name, you probably know him best as having portrayed um, Cedric Daniels, Lieutenant Cedric Daniels, in the greatest cop show ever made, The Wire. And with all due respect to NYPD Blue, Hill Street Blues, Two of my favorite mm. cop shows. The Wire is the greatest cop show ever made. He played uh, Philip Broyles, or uh, I'm sorry, Cedric Daniels in The Wire. He was also uh, Chief Irvin Irving in Bosch, which aired from 2014 to 2020. Okay. He also played Sharon in the John Wick franchise and then played a character named David Gentry in that action movie uh, with uh, Gerard Butler, Angel Has Fallen, back in 2019. So according to the story from uh, TMZ, which I pulled this from, apparently... Uh, it looks right now like he just died of natural causes. Uh, wow. Law wow. enforcement found him at a Studio City home this morning, fr- uh, Friday morning, around 9.30 a.m. as of the date of the recording of uh, part of the intermission here. Again, his cause of death is listed currently unclear, but law enforcement sources say it appears to be natural causes. Eric, I so hope it's natural causes because Lance Reddick was such a wonderful character actor. He was so diverse. He mm-hmm. normally was cast as kind of the really big, tough um, a Serbic uh, type of character, the guy mm. that was really hard to break both mentally and physically. Yeah. <clears throat> and something real, really interesting about him as well is he was not only a talented actor, but a very talented musician as well. Apparently, he attended uh, the University of Rochester's, e- Rochester's Eastman School of Music, where he earned a Bachelor of Music degree. He studied classical music composition. Oh, wow. And he was he was a very, very accomplished concert pianist. Huh. So he was not only a great... He was a true artist in every sense of the word. A great performer on stage and on screen, and then also a great uh, musical performer as well. In fact, I saw on Twitter today, Wendell Davis, who was in The Wire with him, Wendell Davis with that great bass voice, <laughs> uh, was his great close friend. And Wendell Davis had a wonderful, heartfelt tribute to him on Twitter. But um, yeah, I read this, Eric, and I really, my heart hit the ground because I, wow. I loved Lance Reddick. His body of work wasn't as big as some other character actors, but he made an impact in the projects that he appeared in. And when you when you watch any of his work, whether it's the John Wick films or whether it's The Wire, go back and watch The Wire because you'll see just how great of an actor Lance Reddick was. Mm. So Lance Reddick, he was 60 years old, by the way. 
Um, Pat past, Young and is young. And yeah, it, and it even says yeah, here uh, too in the article that he uh, he had posted a selfie on social media on Wednesday morning, so on just Wednesday. a couple days, yeah, a couple days ago. He says mm-hmm. it, uh, he would appear to be at home with his dogs, and he yeah. wasn't attending. I guess he wasn't attending the uh, Wick premiere, right? For John uh, Wick Four, for, for I uh, yeah, for John Wick Four. I don't know. You know, it doesn't say that there was any necessarily <coughs> any reason he wasn't attending, right? But right. Um, yeah, that's that's too bad, man. That is, yeah, it is. You so, know, it's it's weird because it seems like we've lost a lot of. Uh, Around this age group, we've lost a lot of these kind of uh, mm-hmm. actors for some reason recently. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's just one of those things. It just goes to show you that it doesn't matter how old you are. You can be old. You can be young. You can be middle-aged. Um, tomorrow is not promised to anyone. Yeah. And uh, it just it's just proof that we need to cherish, uh, cherish life every single day, cherish every breath that we take in, because you never know truly when it's going to be your last. Folks, I hope I'm here next week for another edition of Pardon the Intermission. Oh, my gosh. You're getting a little... <laughs> You get me a little yeah, misty yeah. eyed here. No, man, don't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna keep him in studio. Uh, he's gonna have yeah. to spend the night. I'm gonna make sure he's okay. He's safe. Lock me in. Uh, dude. I'm gonna lock you in. Do you have I'll, like a panic room in here? Oh yeah. I'm gonna lock you in here <laughs> so that we make sure nothing happens to you and you <coughs> will be you. back next week. Thank you. So um, yeah. Anyway, Lance Reddick, rest in peace. God bless yeah. your soul, Lance. Thank you for your many wonderful contributions and thank you for all the wonderful characters. I know you're dancing and performing on God's stage, sir. Oh, yes. Rest in peace. God bless. Yes sir rest in peace yeah we will miss you um definitely also another story here of uh uh Back to Disney. We can't we can't get away from Disney every show. Thank you, Dismal Disney. Yeah, <laughs> D- Disney is uh, Disney is obviously giving us a lot of good content. So yes. just keep it up here. But actually, it's, it's for something that that is kind of sad. Uh, you had also posted another story here that Disney. I'll, I'll just read it from ComicBook.com. Yes, Disney can't. Disney Plus cancels Willow after one season. Ready. Yeah. Uh-oh, you didn't get it. <laughs> We're going to use the heck out of that button today. Right. Um, yes. Uh, I am not you, surprised. Would you like to elaborate? I would like to elaborate a Let little bit. Let me ask bit. you this. Did you watch it? I did not watch it. I didn't watch it either. I did not watch it because I did not like the movie. Really? And I know the movie's become a cult classic over the years, and everybody likes Warwick Davis, and of course Val Kilmer was legendary as Mad Mardigan, you know. But um, yeah, Val Kilmer's not re- did not return for the no, obviously because of his uh, of his health, health issues. issues. But yeah, I didn't watch them. I liked I didn't like the movie, which is why I didn't like watching the show. And you know, I think Eric, the the thing with this show was they tried to get it to uh, a latch on to a different generation, and um, it obviously just didn't sell um it's it's easy it's easy here or not easy but um it's interesting to say that ron howard who was involved with this project said that there's always been a hope and a plan for more seasons for willow and he said there's certainly more story to tell but there's just nothing concrete that he can comment on right now and then he as, goes, as to why it was canceled as to why it was canceled yeah can so, i give some suggestions please by all means well like i said i haven't watched it but i heard it was another uh, got taken down by the woke virus I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, if it, did. it was another one of that mm-hmm. where you know everybody has to. From what I hear, they basically made uh, uh, Willow uh, uh, a joke. Yeah, you know his his character okay. a joke, and then sure. you know, and then of course it's you know all the all the woke stuff that all these shows seem to be this virus that's going around that seem yeah. to be uh, dealing with. And I, I think they're learning. I, I think. Uh, I really, I mean, listen, Disney, we've talked about it in the past. We can get it more in the future, and we'll talk about another show in a second. But I think Disney is is learning the hard way with the almighty dollar that uh, 
This is not selling with audiences. First off, they took they took that beloved, you know, okay, I'm going to I'm going to say it's not the greatest movie, but I think it was beloved by a lot of of it had a lot of fans. Willow, mm-hmm. the original movie. Yeah, I would and, agree with that. Yeah. And you know, when you when you take a character and you kind of make a joke of him in in the 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 re, you know, in, in, in essentially a remake even though it's a made for TV uh, situation. Yeah. Uh, you're going to tick people off. People don't want to watch it. I didn't want to watch it because I was going to watch it, and then I heard about it, and I was kind of like, nah, I'll pass. I got better. You know, I got other yeah. shows to watch. Yeah. Um. So so that's why. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. But No, that's um, all right. But, you know, what do you think on that on that front? Um, It's plausible to think that that's what happened. And, you know, Bob Iger recently came out and um, a couple uh, just shortly after he was reinstituted at, or reinstalled as the uh, CEO of Disney, mm-hmm. he, he didn't waste any time in coming out and saying, look, we're going to take a long, hard look at all of our content on Disney Plus, And bottom line, we're going to get rid of the stuff that isn't selling. We're gonna get. We're gonna go back. We're gonna reinvent the wheel, mm-hmm. so to speak, and we're gonna find a way to make this platform the way it was intended to be, which is successful and to have diverse content, but to have entertaining content that's meant for all audiences. Um, and something else, I was. Oh, by the way, folks, I will be posting the link to this story on our Facebook page as well, and we'll probably post it on Twitter too, so that way you guys can read what it is we're sourcing here. So yeah, you will find some of these on our social media accounts as well that we're talking about. But getting back to just Willow here real quick, uh, I think what this basically boils down to is <clears throat> Bob Iger went to all the creatives and said, give me every single show you guys have right now. Let me see the ratings. Nothing redacted, nothing altered. I want to mm. see the ratings. He probably took a look at the highest rated content, the lowest rated content, focused on the lowest rated content, and probably like George Lucas took a big black Sharpie, went, get rid of this, get rid of this, get rid of this, get rid of this. Yeah. Regardless of what the creative executives had to say, Bob Iger, it means business now. And so he's trying to save this company's entertainment division from falling deeper into the abyss. And so this this would not surprise me if he saw the ratings for Willow, which were very, very stagnant and not impressive. And he probably just said, look, I don't care how much content you guys have. Get rid of it. It's not selling well, and it won't sell. Well, and, you know, we were going to pop into the story. We might as well talk about it yeah. now, which is uh, Mando. You know, there was another story here that talked about yeah. how the Mandalorian season three. Yeah is actually kind of disappointing it's uh it's it had one of the one of the lowest uh uh first episodes yeah um ever and you know so i i think i think disney has got huge huge problems and and um the reason is and the reason i'm seeing this is that these are problems i think that bob Iger himself created he he was the one that went out and got and 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 pushed for Disney Plus. Here here's ultimately here's what I think, and okay. and we'll we'll get into. So anyway, let, before I get into that, before I get into that, sorry, let me back up a little bit. Okay, Please. Mando. So yeah. let's let's concentrate on that. Mando. Yeah. Um, yeah. I watch. I've watched Mando now. We're up to three episodes. So have I. I have watched all three. You said yes. though you turned you were started watching the third one, and yes. what happened? I started watching the third one last night. And I literally fell asleep in the middle of it. And the reason why is because it started off focusing on uh, Din Djarin, who is Mando, coming out of that of the waters of the of the caves of Mandalore to redeem himself. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I you know I thought, okay, great, this is what the story is going to focus on his redemption. Okay, so now he's cool; he can keep the helmet on. So now, where is he going to go next? And then all of a sudden, it just cuts off, and you don't see him again for the rest of the episode. 
and you don't see Bo-Katan for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. The rest of the episode focuses on uh, the cloning aspect of the Star Wars storyline, which, if you think about it, makes sense. Because in the J.J. Ab- in the uh, J.J. Abrams Star Wars uh, films, episodes nine, <clears throat> I'm sorry, episodes uh, seven, eight, and nine, uh, Snoke, of course, Grand, uh, you know, Grandmaster Snoke, was created using clone technology, DNA cloning, mm-hmm. and the rest of the episode of of Mandalorian focused on or talked about cloning. Okay, and yeah. so I can kind of see where they would use that to kind of tie in. J.J. Abrams's films, episodes seven, eight, and nine, but still, Eric, major wait. plot. Well, well, okay. So what? You, <laughs> so what, what? What you're saying, yes, is essentially though that it, it they, they Boba Fetted it. Which what I mean yes. by that is that you're watching Boba Fett. Next thing you know, it's a whole Mandalorian episode, basically an episode and a half of Mandalorian yeah. inside, tucked into Boba Fett. So they. Yes, I I don't mean to cut you off. Essentially, what I'm trying to say is they didn't have to do this episode with showing just 10 minutes of The Mandalorian and then cutting off the rest of that and then going to something else. They could have saved this cloning part for another episode and have that be an entire episode. Yeah. That's what I felt they could have done. Well, you know, maybe it'll make sense in the ultimate plot, you know, of the season here where they're trying to, it sounds like they're trying to bring in this uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, right? Ooh, that would be awesome. Well, they're going to have to because... Well, think about this. Okay, the first two episodes, uh, we're going to do a little deep dive here. The first two episodes, <laughs> they talk about, Bo-Katan said, you know, those aren't, those aren't from a, a, a what, not a pirate, but what do they call those? Uh, uh, um, I can't remember what she called them, but, you know, just like a low-level criminal. Yeah, there's like too a, many too many tie fighters to be just you know oh imperial warlords yeah yeah there are yeah. too many too many to be an imperial warlord so it's, yeah. it has to be basically I mean this is the empire rising up again right yeah. this is start, they're starting to so that was that was cool to see that so or the first I think, order well the first order yes yeah. and I and I think that that is leading to this is leading to Grand Admiral <laughs> Thrawn right. Oh uh, well, not necessarily. No. Okay, okay. Well, because here, look. Here's where the. Here's where the. Here's. here's <laughs> Sorry, where, we're getting off track yeah, with the rating thing. No, no, but no, anyway, no. go ahead. Here's where the conundrum comes in, and this is why the ratings are low too. Probably. Here's where the conundrum comes in. Grand Admiral Thrawn was never in episode seven, eight, and nine. So if they're going to try and tie this into the first order, how can they include Grand Admiral well, Thrawn? Here's the interesting thing, though. Now, didn't didn't we just do a story too where? Um, uh, Filoni and Favreau were were basically saying we're going to erase. Uh, didn't we talk about that? Maybe we didn't talk about that, but they were we they did. were talking about how they're they want to erase basically mm-hmm. the uh, 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 Skywalker series. We did, but that story that I referenced did not mention a when they plan on doing that, mm. and b if True. they plan on doing it at all. They just said it was just rumor. It was just more rumor and conjecture. But it's interesting because it goes to show how the shift in creative power is starting to tilt more. In the yeah. favor of creativity rather than money, aka making this franchise a cash cow. Maybe they're maybe <clears throat> they're trying to rewrite the story though. They're maybe. not going to completely right. erase it, but they're trying to rewrite right. it. Right. So now looping back to why the ratings I think are low, Eric. Um, I think this. I think look, this show was very popular in its first season, and then it really was at its zenith towards the end of the second season when we saw Luke Skywalker make an appearance, sure. and you know, and with that great oh man, that's great, perfect cliffhanger to leave us off on, and now. 
it just fell off the cliff. They made a mistake. I think they made a mistake when they when they did the Boba Fett uh, Mandalorian insert in the Boba Fett, where they okay. told the story. Yeah, they should have had. I'll tell you what they should have did. They should have had this whole epi- this this whole season. Excuse me. This whole season should have been Mando on his own trying to reclaim his mm-hmm. his his Mandalorian self. Yeah, and not with uh, Grogu. They should have left him out, and if they wanted to bring him in, they should have waited and, and had him come in at the last. Oh, that would have been good, yeah. That would have been a better a better mm-hmm. plot device there, I think, to do that, wait for That's him to true. come in the last, rather than just throw him in. Now we know yeah. that Grogu's with him. And, you know, to be honest, I mean, it's, Grogu's cute and all that, but um, uh, let's be honest here. He's kind of getting in his teens. He's not so cute anymore. You know, it's like the child star. They're yeah. really cute when they're like Macaulay Culkin. He's really cute, you know, yeah. home alone. But then you see okay. him a little older. Yeah. And he's like, hey, he's not so cute. <clears throat> he can't, you know, do the aftershave on the face thing anymore. True. Scream. It's not as funny, right? <laughs> right. So maybe the, the Grogu thing. He's getting a little older. He's getting some hair, <laughs> some, you know, fuzz on his head. And it's like, hey, right. he's not so cute anymore. He could be going but, through Yoda puberty right but, now. <laughs> yeah. But my point is, is that may, maybe maybe the audience too is kind of getting burned out on the whole cute Mandalorian with Grogu thing, very, right? They they tried to redeem so. it by saying, you know, yeah. by having Bo-Katan said, "Your daddy is, you know, we'll right. go save your daddy" or whatever she said. But, right? Who's your daddy? But here is the interesting thing. I I, yeah. I will say I did watch uh, episode three, and yeah. I did like the fact that that she saw the Mythosaur. I uh-huh. liked that. So oh, yeah, that it's, was cool. It, so before it, it you know the whole story set it up that these are just stories these are stories these are myths now all of a sudden it's real for her what's interesting is to find out though what is she going to do with that is she going to try to take power mm-hmm. uh, back away from the uh, uh, oh what's the name the one with that does all the uh, armor I can't remember the armorer whatever uh, that that uh, yeah I just forgot her name too anyway but mind. is she going to try to take is she going to try to basically take over that little Mandalorian <laughs> coven thing there well I would group be- or uh well, we know that Mando wants to re- wants to show everybody that he actually um, kept his word and bathed. Well, he in- did. Yeah. Cause well, he- did you see the rest of the episode? Yeah, he took a oh, sample okay. of the water. Yeah, yeah. He and took he put it in that little uh, in that little. Um, but did you fall asleep? Because I know you said tumbler. you got bored. Did you see the end of the episode? Kind of. Okay, so anyway, towards the end of the episode, what happened is he- they make it back. Yeah. I'll okay. tell you right now. Would spoiler alert, people. Okay. They make it back. Uh, the the armor checks the water. Yes, it's it's from the uh, living waters of Mandalorian, whatever the mines, the yeah. the mine water. Yeah. Um. And uh. Basically, they asked Bo-Katan. They said, and he goes, uh, you know, he goes, uh, okay, you bathed in the waters. You know, your helmet's been on. You're obviously redeemed. And they asked Bo-Katan, did you keep your helm? You know, is your? And she goes, yes. And she goes, you've been redeemed. So she's now been redeemed. So she's in with that group now. That's what I'm saying. She's in with that group now. Okay. So as long as she doesn't, so now she's part of that that, uh, uh, very, uh, what do you want to call them? Uh, Not, well, they're a religious sect order of Mandalorian, but they're, but they're very, uh, what do you call them when they're, when they're really super religious? What what is that word? Uh, Zealots? Yeah, kind of zealot. Yeah, she's part of that zealotry group. Group now, okay. so interesting. Yeah, so you got to go. You got to go back and watch that. But I do. I do know what you're talking about. They they yeah. switch to that. They switch to the doctor. Um, that whole mid story, and yeah. and you're kind of like, okay, where is this going? That's exactly what you I know. Thought. I'm kind of hanging on to it. Where is this going? Where is this going? And see, it was around that time when I lost consciousness. <laughs> Both my eyelids. Well, closed you were like and... the doctor because he got mind flared. So <laughs> right? you, you must have got mind flared right? too. That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway, but hey. Whoa, that's Whoa. our cue. Well, hey, guys, that's about all the time. We ran a little bit over. Um, we hope yep. you enjoyed uh, the episode. Please yep. uh, review and subscribe to the show. 
Remember to check out our social media sites. Uh, PTI underscore uh, show on Twitter. And podcast. Po- podcast, sorry. And pardon the intermission on Facebook. All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Take care. Have a good one. God bless. Peace out. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.